0: I've taken the time to study the all 22 film from the Buffalo Bills week one loss to the Jets, and I'm ready to share my top takeaways today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Well, folks, I've studied the tape, spent Tuesday in the weeds with the Buffalo Bills coaches' tape against the Jets. And I'm excited to deliver my thoughts to you today. I love immediate reaction. It's very good. And a lot of what I came away with in the All-22 review lines up with the immediate reaction. But the tape is where you really find your answers, where you're able to say with conviction what went wrong and what went right in a game. And so I'm able to do that now for you today. I want to structure our conversation today like this. We're going to talk about Josh Allen. And then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about other offensive notes. I want to talk about those first starts in 2023 from Terrell Bernard and Christian Benford, some other defensive notes, special teams notes. Talk about that punt return, run defense. Then I want to give you some studs and duds, right? Some game balls and some opposite of game balls, I guess, here to close it out. So it should be a fun and informative conversation today. So let's get into it and let's start with Josh Allen and I was critical of Josh Allen in the post-game reaction. Feels like the world has been critical of Josh Allen. And I'll tell you what, it's even more frustrating when you study the tape. You watched it live, you knew it was bad. You study the tape and it's, it's worse than you thought. I watched an extremely immature quarterback that did not run the offense well. The turnovers were obviously bad watching it live, and what I want to focus in on for this conversation is themes. I'm not going to sit here and go play-by-play or anything like that, but themes from studying the game. Turnovers were bad. You knew that live. But when you study the tape, you also become completely aware of the turndowns. And what I mean by that are the decisions he didn't make, the things he said no to when working progressions and surveying the field. He stopped taking profits. He did a little bit early and sometimes throughout the game, but he stopped taking profits, which is not okay against a good disciplined defense like the Jets. His eyes were all over the place. He didn't play sound football. Situational awareness was lacking, and that means a lot of things when I criticize situational awareness lacking. It was taking unnecessary hits, forcing throws, not taking throws that were there for him, not embracing the game script, it was all lacking. That's what I mean by I watched a very immature quarterback. And we all wanted easy button throws and quick passes for Josh Allen. They were there for him all night long, and he took them sometimes. But the times he said no were pretty inexplicable. And the tape doesn't lie. I know there's some out there that want to point fingers at Ken Dorsey. People want to point fingers at the offensive line, point fingers at weapons. It was 17 that was the problem, folks. Now, were there some moments where the offensive line and weapons and Ken Dorsey could have been better? Sure. But all those things are way down the pecking order when it comes to things that went wrong offensively on Monday night. Don't try to persuade yourself against criticizing Josh Allen. He played poorly. He can't be the reason you lose that game. Zach Wilson taking over four plays in. You're up by 10 at halftime. Josh Allen can't be the reason you lost the game. Josh Allen was the reason you lost the game. Now I have some good news. I think everything that frustrated me and us about Josh Allen in that game, it's all fixable stuff. It's all fixable. I mean, I can only imagine what the tape review session with Josh Allen and Joe Brady and Ken Dorsey was like on Tuesday, but it's probably a lot of, come on, man. What are you doing? That's not how we coach it. That's not what we want you to do. That's not the intent of the scheme. That's not the intent of the play. It's all right there. Probably a pretty embarrassing day for Josh Allen. It should be. Pretty straightforward stuff, man. Run the offense, dude. Just run the offense. Talk about the offensive line a little bit. Sure, Josh Allen faced a good amount of pressure. Pro Football Focus charged three of the five sacks to Josh Allen and not the offensive line. Pro Football Focus credited 26% of the pressure that Josh Allen faced to Josh Allen himself. And last time I tried to have a conversation with everyone about Josh Allen and pocket management and some of that pressure is on him. People push back, so I'll give you what Pro Football Focus said. Third party that gets paid gobs and gobs of money from the NFL for this data. So, yeah, the offensive line could have been better. So could Josh with his pocket management and where his eyes were. A lot of that pressure, three of those five sacks, Josh Allen's responsible. Josh played bad in a defensive struggle where you're leading at 10 at halftime. The other team's backup quarterback is in the game. Josh couldn't settle in and do do the boring, necessary things to win a football game. And in fact, he did the exact opposite. And so I'll move on from Josh Allen. And once I move on from Josh Allen, there's actually quite a bit that I like from this football game when studying the tape. And I'm excited to move past Josh Allen. And and look, I think better days are obviously coming for Josh Allen. Going into this game, Josh Allen had the number one passer rating in the history of the NFL in primetime games at 107. It's not like he's always this immature quarterback in primetime. We know he struggles against the Jets. Like, it can be isolated to that. It doesn't have to be this bigger, crazy conversation about, do the Bills have a Josh Allen problem or anything like that? It doesn't have to go that far. There's a huge sample size of Josh Allen playing great football. That is the reason the Bills have had success. And so don't, don't let this overly distract you. I'm frustrated with Josh Allen. He deserves all of this criticism. There's no doubt about it. But let's not act like this isn't fixable, and let's not act like there isn't a huge sample size of great quarterback play from Josh Allen. And again, like I said, once you get away from Josh Allen in this football game, there's a lot more that I liked that I'm looking forward to discussing with you here in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson had a tough time running in week one against the Eagles and saved his fantasy value with six catches for 64 yards. Expect him to get going on the ground in week two after doing little with the first 12 rushes of the season. The Dolphins got gashed for 208 yards and two touchdowns by the Chargers, and Stevenson's burst and quickness makes it an even more favorable matchup against Miami's pass-rush-oriented front. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, folks, let's move past Josh Allen and talk about some other things offensively, getting into my offensive notes, and a lot of this information is going to feel a little bit random, but I want to share my thoughts from studying the tape. So we'll get into Ken Dorsey right now. Three things from Ken Dorsey that I would like to have been different on Monday night I would say, first of all, I want to see Josh Allen under center more. I think that would help with his internal clock and pocket management. I think him taking those shotgun snaps with that level of frequency is not good for his timing. I think his timing can be better from under center. I think that's going to help him be in more rhythm, get to the top of that drop, rock and fire the football. As opposed to, I think when he's in those... Continuous shotgun looks, he's not working through his progressions with great timing. I think it can help him. I think it can help the offensive line. So I want to see more under center from Josh Allen. Number two, in terms of things I'd like to see differently from Ken Dorsey, play action percentage. It was 14% against the Jets. I need that doubled. I need that 28, 30%, 35%. Josh Allen is great when it comes to play action and not utilizing him at a much higher frequency in-play action is something that I don't enjoy. And then, I'm not sure this is really a critique, but just a note here on the offense as I try to paint this picture for you of my observations and things that stood out to me. 12 personnel, two tight end sets, it's really real. Not that we ever doubted that it would be really real, but the Bills, after running like the least amount of 12 personnel in the NFL last year, had the most 12 personnel of any team in the NFL in week one. Let's talk about the offensive line. Let's focus in first on Osiris Torrance. Obviously, his first NFL start at right guard against a very good Jets interior defensive line featuring Quentin Williams, Quentin Jefferson, Al Woods, Solomon Thomas. It's a good group. And I thought Osiris Torrance had an excellent debut. I thought he might have been the best offensive lineman the Bills had in this game. It's probably between him and Deion Dawkins based on what I observed uh, studying the tape, he was certainly the best run blocker the Bills had. His pass pro was pretty sturdy, and I thought he was really solid. It looked comfortable. His timing was good. His physicality, his technique, his control, very comfortable with him. I mean, I'm very surprised at how quickly he's settled in, and I'm very surprised at how quickly I've become very comfortable with him as the right guard. And so, We'll obviously talk about him regularly, but throughout these all 22 review sessions in preseason, now into the regular season, I've got nothing but good stuff to say about Osiris Torrance. Very much settling in and looking like he's going to be a long-term fixture for this team at right guard. Now, Spencer Brown at right tackle was vulnerable. It wasn't the same type of losses that I've typically seen from Spencer Brown, where guys are getting to his edges and twisting him around. I mean, guys were bull rushing. Spencer Brown getting into his pads, getting under his pads, driving him back and really challenging the width of the pocket. I mean, John Franklin Myers got under Spencer Brown's pads repeatedly and pushed him back into the lap of Josh Allen. And so Spencer had some good moments where he was able to protect that pocket with, but I think mostly he continues to look vulnerable five pressures is what he was charged with including one sack and 51 pass blocking snaps and so that's just too much that's we're talking about a 10% rate of allowing pressure on pass blocking snaps from Spencer Brown and so after Josh Allen about 25% of the pressure that Josh Allen faced was responsible was his responsibility about 25% goes right to Spencer Brown so 50% of your pressures that you faced were the responsibility of your quarterback and your right tackle Mitch Morris and Connor McGovern. I thought that tandem, that right, that left guard center tandem, it needs work in the run game. Timing and communication issues uh, were, were, were problematic, especially with Connor McGovern. Um, I just don't think he has a feel right now for the spacing and the timing and the angles of the Bills run game. But I will say this on the overall run blocking, I thought the Bills were really close to some explosive runs, very close, just sustaining blocks for another fraction of a second uh being a little bit more uh in tune with timing on your combos and when to release the second level they're really really close and so i thought there was some effective running in this game and i feel like they're close to really breaking some runs and so i like that it, it, communication timing all of that just needs to be a tick better and i think you're going to see some nice production from james cook and these bills running backs When it comes to gap and zone run distribution, um, nine gap runs, four zone runs, and four Josh Allen scrambles. And so I appreciate that the Bills um, leaned into what historically has been their best concepts running the football, which are more gap-oriented concepts. And um, I thought that led to some some very close to explosive runs on Monday night. And so I'm pretty optimistic as to where this run scheme is can go this year. I want to talk about offensive snap counts. And through this, I'll give you some of my other nuggets uh, with players. But as we talk about snap counts, I think it's going to help uh, you guys as we navigate the journey of the season, realize who's providing the most value, guys that are dressing that aren't playing much, all that type of stuff. So I want to make this a staple of our weekly conversations. So the Bills had 69 offensive snaps. Of course, the starting offensive line and Josh Allen played all of them. And then from there, this is what happened. That wide receiver, Gabe Davis played 65 snaps. Again, out of 69, Stefan Diggs, 58. Then Deontay Hardy, 15. Trent Shurfield, 11. Khalil, Khalil Shakir, 7. And so obviously that's influenced heavily by the tight ends and being in 12 personnel. But this is a lot different than in the past where that third receiver was on the field. 90% of the time. So, again, Davis 65, Diggs 58, Hardy 15, Sherfield 11, Khalil Shakir 7. At tight end, again, 69 offensive snaps. Dawson Knox 58 of them. Dalton Kincaid 55 of them. Quentin Morris 6 of them. So that snap count for those guys significantly high. Obviously, this is the type of offense the Bills want to run. Fucking Gabe played pretty well. Caught all of his targets. His catch-and-run ability is very good. Um, Doesn't look too big for him. Had some okay moments blocking. Um, There was one run that would have been explosive if he could have held his block for just another fraction of a second. But um, all in all, a very encouraging debut for Dalton Kincaid, and I think there's going to be a lot more for him uh, moving forward. I didn't see as much separation down the field. They had him going on some seam routes, um, so I didn't see that to the level that I was hopeful for. But, I mean, they got Quincy Williams, who's a really good matchup linebacker, a disciplined scheme where they don't make mistakes. They just don't. And I think that would have been nice if they would have made a few mistakes in coverage if Josh would have saw it. But I'm looking for a little bit more down-the-field looks for these tight ends. At running back, I thought this was really interesting. Again, 69 offensive snaps. James Cook, 41 of those 69 snaps. Latavius Murray, 16 of them, Damian Harris, 9, and Reggie Gilliam, only 4. And what's interesting about James Cook commanding that high of a snap volume is the amount of touches, so 16 touches. Maybe that's not a huge number to you, but that is a healthy amount for a Bills lead running back. If he averages 16 touches throughout the course of the season, that's 272 for the year, and that would be about 50 more than we've seen for a bill starting running back under Sean McDermott. And so that's an interesting layer to this entire conversation about utilization. You know, I've, I've been really curious to see what James Cook's workloads going to be. And right now it's even more than I was expecting. So um, I thought he did some good things. There were some of those inside runs where I think he just needed a fraction of a second to, for blocks to, to sustain a little bit longer. There's probably a few times on those inside runs where, he could be a little bit more committed, just see the three yards, get the three yards, um, but his outside runs uh, were really good, averaged over three and a half yards after contact per rush. I thought James Cook played a pretty good football game. But, yeah, that pace, I mean, 16 touches for James Cook, and then when it comes to the other running backs, you only had three touches each for Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. So, those are my offensive notes. We're going to shift our attention to the defensive side of the football here next and a little special teams conversation. But first, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency, but you have it. Jace Medical makes sure you have. The medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They'll handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKED ON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com promo code LOCKED ON. Folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. It is the largest independently owned fantasy or daily fantasy sports platform in North America and is easily the most exciting way to play DFS. I love the format. It is awesome. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you versus thousands of other players, including pros, including Sharks. It's just you versus the numbers. All you do is you select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made. In under a minute, and then this, with the withdrawals, when you win, they're super quick. I love when I'm going to watch a game that I have a Prize Picks entry going into the game. It just makes watching football that much more fun and get a chance to win. So go to PrizePicks.com/slash/lockedonNFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's PrizePicks.com/slash/lockedonNFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's talk about this defensive effort by the Bills against the Jets and what the tape revealed to me in studying it. And I want to focus first on Terrell Bernard and Christian Benford, given it was their first starts of 2023, guys that won jobs throughout preseason and camp. And here's what I I saw. We'll start with Terrell Bernard. And I am a lot more encouraged than I thought I was going to be after watching his tape. I mean, all things considered, I thought he played well. His coverage instincts, that's what stood out to me the most. They were really, really sound. I was surprised by that. His ability to squeeze routes, his ability to play with good vision, have good communication and coverage. I mean, he took some throws off the menu with his ability to diagnose, stay leveraged, understand the route concept that was coming, and putting himself in position to take routes off the menu. I thought he was very good in zone coverage. I would say that his run defense was a bit more inconsistent, but he did have some strong moments there. He's not a guy. He's a a small linebacker, maybe 220, 225 pounds, something like that. So playing off contact and being firm into the line of scrimmage, that's not going to be his strength. But when he triggers and he he can go, he can close and finish, but he had some good physical run stops when he was able to run free. Now, again, playing off contact, that's going to be a challenge for him. Uh, But I thought the zone coverage ability, the moments where he was able to trigger, diagnose quickly and trigger, I thought it was really good. I found myself just much more encouraged than I ever expected uh, with Terrell Bernard, especially just not having those preseason reps. I thought he played well. And so I'm curious to kind of see how he evolves this year. Be different challenges along the way, but I mean, I saw a lot more from Terrell Bernard in this game than I ever did from Tyrell Dotson. and so. Anxious to kind of see how this unfolds, but I'm encouraged. Thought Christian Benford also played; uh, he played great. I think Terrell Bernard. I would. I'm encouraged. I like what I saw. I thought Christian Benford played great. Very instinctive in coverage. He gave up one catch in the game. He was targeted twice. gave up one catch for 14 yards, and had a pass breakup. Uh, loved his effort, his run defense, his willingness to play off contact. Obviously, him chasing down Brees Hall to save four points on the 83 yard run. He played fast. He looked comfortable and um, showed us why he won that job. And so I would say overall, the Bills coverage in this game was really, really sound. And um, their pass defense was just well-coordinated. They were disciplined. They communicated. I thought it looked really strong when it comes to overall pass defense. And I thought the pass rush was was strong as well. So let's kind of get into some of those thoughts. We'll start with some of the scheme notes that I have. The three safety stuff that we kind of speculated over you know Taylor Rapp being on the field with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde that's a real thing that happened in this football game and that even happened in situations where the jets are in 13 personnel they got heavy packages on the field three tight ends and the bills are still willing to put three safeties on the field and only one linebacker or well no two linebackers so the guy coming out the guy coming out was Taron Johnson so we kind of wondered all right if they do three safety sets who comes out well the answer's Taron Johnson that's the player coming off the field So Taylor Rapp was out there, of the 54 defensive snaps, Taylor Rapp was out there for 18 of them. I think there were some issues with that, which I'll talk about in a minute, but the fact that we speculated over three safety sets, it really happened. Um, The Bills didn't blitz that much. They only blitzed on three of 26 passing plays by the Jets. That's a lot lower than I was anticipating, and I think that's okay because they got a lot of pressure. They got pressure on the Jets' quarterbacks on 54% of passing attempts. And that is really strong. If you can live in that world where you don't have to blitz and you can still get that level of pressure, that's going to be good. I think that really helped the Bills play sound uh pass coverage throughout the game. Now run defense, let's get into that. I know that uh people are concerned about that. Um maybe I can help you with that and I'm I'm not going to help you with something uh spin it to make it Positive if if it's not true, but I think in this situation, there's a there's a pretty good story to tell. So the Jets had 172 yards rushing on 27 carries. Of course, 83 of that on one play. And I'm not taking anything away from that. That's a problem. You don't want to give up 83 yard runs. But on the other 26 rushing plays, they had a total of 89 yards. That's under three and a half yards per carry on every other play that wasn't the 83 yarder. And there's 26 rushes. So we're not talking about a small sample size. That's a healthy amount. So what happened on the 83-yard run? The Bills were misaligned. It was obvious when you watched it live, you watched it on tape, and you're like, what happened here? This was uh, not – they were not lined up correctly. The Jets were in 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends. All three of those tight ends lined up outside of the right tackle, and the Bills didn't seem to recognize that. The linebackers needed to shift over. It's like they, nobody called out the strength of the offense and they, I mean, they had two safeties rolled down to the opposite side of the three tight ends. I, I mean, I just don't know what they were thinking when they lined up on that play. And so it put the defense in an impossible situation to defend. Trey white is left having to defend two gaps as the outside corner. That that's just not going to work. Um, Jordan P- Poyer couldn't fill from depth. And Brees Hall is off to the races. I mean, it's not like guys are blown off the ball or anything like that. You were just completely misaligned when they're in 13 personnel with three tight ends outside the right tackle. I mean, I think that's a probably a Terrell Bernard moment where he's got to recognize that and get the linebackers to shift. But I mean, come on. Anybody should have been on, on that field, should have realized the issues there. And, and maybe that was a good time for a, a, one of those timeouts to be called. Uh, but they weren't lined up correctly. That, that's what happened on the 83-yard run. Again. 27 rushes for 172 yards, minus the 83 yard run, 26 for 89. Defensive snap counts the Bills again, 54 defensive snaps. The defensive ends Greg Rousseau on the field for 35 of 54 snaps, Leonard Floyd 28 of 54, Shaq Lawson 26, and AJ Epinesa 19. So, kind of interesting that Shaq Lawson outsnapped AJ Epinesa and challenged even Leonard Floyd's snap totals. Leonard Floyd was awesome. Well, Greg Rousseau was awesome too, but both, both those guys were really good. I mean, Leonard Floyd had a sack and a half and on the the play where he drew the holding call, if Mekhi Becton didn't hold on that play, I think he gets a forced fumble. I think he winds up having two and a half sacks and a forced fumble. So outstanding holding uh, by Becton on that play, because I'm pretty sure, I mean, Floyd, Floyd almost got him with the hold if the hold didn't happen that ball was going to come out so uh, the guy was disruptive all day long really enjoyed watching him same thing with Greg Rousseau Uh, five pressures on the game forced fumble run stops I thought he was outstanding a defensive tackle again 54 defensive snaps and Oliver 38 of those Daquan Jones 28 Jordan Phillips 17 Tim Settle 15 and Puna Ford 10 I thought these guys played collectively pretty strong. Oliver and Jones did what you would expect them to do. Jordan Phillips in those 17 snaps. Wow. I mean, that sack that he had was incredible. I you just don't see guys that are like 350 pounds be able to stunt, bend around that guard, and then sell out and somehow athletically get down Zach Wilson, who's not a, I mean, he's he can move. It's just a crazy good play by Jordan Phillips. I'm excited for him to ramp up, and I'd love to see him get more and more of this. Opportunity. I mean, I really feel like it should be Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips getting the vast majority of these snaps. But only 15 for Settle and 10 for Puna Ford. I would say for Settle and Ford, those snaps were pretty uneventful for them. Not really making much of an impact, um, not doing anything wrong, but a quiet 25 combined snaps for them. At linebacker, Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano played all 54 snaps. At corner, Trey White and Christian Benford played all 24 snaps, or excuse me, 54 snaps. Taron Johnson, 37 of 54 snaps. And then when it comes to safeties, Jordan Poyer, all 54 snaps. Uh, Hyde played 53 of 54, and then Taylor Rapp was on the field for 18 snaps. 14 of those coming as a box linebacker. I'll tell you what, he was rough. He didn't play well. I thought he was okay in coverage, but when he was asked to play over the A-gaps, I mean, he looked like a safety trying to do it. So for as exciting as the three safety stuff is, I mean, Taylor Rapp was not, not a good box run defender. I I, I mean, I'd rather see Taron Johnson in those moments, to be honest with you. Um, maybe he'll get better, but he did not have a lot of comfort playing through traffic. Again, f- a really strange role for him. New team, new defense. I get all that, but he was rough. There were times where he was just flat-footed, and he caused pileups. He caused traffic. He caused congestion. He was slow to read. I like the vision, the idea, but the execution from Taylor Rapp was not strong in this game. Let's talk a little bit about special teams here. The core four special teamers. I always like to kind of highlight this. These are guys that play on all four phases of major special teams. So kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return. Quentin Morris, Tyrell Dotson, Cam Lewis, Reggie Gilliam, Saran Neal, Tyler Medikavich, Dorian Williams. Those are your core four special teamers. Then in terms of guys that played three phases of special teams, Dane Jackson, Taylor Rapp, and Damian Harris. Surprised to see Damian Harris as one of those guys that played three phases of special teams, but that's good. You need that contribution from at least one of your depth running backs. Let's talk about the punt return that I guess lost the Bills the game. I'm not sure we should have ever seen that punt return. The Bills should have just cruised to victory after being up 10 at halftime. Unfortunately, we did. So what went wrong on the punt return that wind up being the game-winning punt return? I think he had three things happen wrong. First of all, a good long punt by Sam Martin, but it was poorly placed. So a middle of the field punt, you never want to punt to the middle of the field. That's just too many opportunities for the punt returner. You don't get a chance to use the sideline as an extra defender. And um, that was a problem right off the bat. So poor placement of the punt by Sam Martin. And then your gunners, both of them made mistakes. Your gunners on the play with Cam Lewis and Saran Neal. Cam Lewis got down there first. He couldn't cross the face of the punter, uh, the punt returner or slow him up at all, and so he's able to kind of sustain his track. And then Saran Neal got there second, and he was not able to get off of a block and force the returner to go back inside where the other 10 players on the field were. And so you give off that edge, and Xavier Gibson's off to the races, has to make a punter miss, and usually these punt returners do that. So poor placement on the punt by Sam Martin. Cam Lewis and Saran Neal failed as gunners, and then you know, what do you do from there? I mean, everybody's congested in the middle of the field, and you have no contain. So that's what went wrong there. I want to give you studs and duds here. little thing we'll do at the end of all the All-22 Reviews, and so it's pretty self-explanatory who I thought the studs were, who I thought the duds were, and I'll be tracking these all season long so we can see what the tally is at the end of the season. And what's the criteria? Whatever, I, whatever makes me inspired enough to put him down as a stud or dud, that's the criteria. It's my own personal opinions, but it has to be meaningful enough to deserve to be on this list. So it's not going to be small accomplishments that get you on here. It's do I think that you made a significant impact, good or bad, that impacted the result of the game? That's how you get on the studs or duds list. My studs, Stefan Diggs, Osiris Torrance. I just think Osiris Torrance game one against a great defense, facing Quinn and Williams a fair amount, holding his own. He gets to go on here. So, Stefan Diggs, Osiris Torrance, Leonard Floyd, Matt Milano, Christian Benford. I think him on this stage, saving four points, being sound in coverage. He deserves it. Greg Rousseau, thought his impact was consistent throughout the night. And Jordan Phillips, first game back from injury, making a crazy good sack. And being really active for 17 snaps, I, I, I thought he deserved to get on the studs list. Duds, I've got four of them for you. Uh, Josh Allen, I mean, dud of duds in this game. Jordan Poyer, and his instincts are off from time to time in this game. A couple of times where I was just like, dude, where, where are you going? What are you thinking? Why are you peeling back here? Um, it, just instinctively not there. Some angles were poor. I thought This is one of the worst games I've seen from Jordan Poyer in a Bills uniform. Spencer Brown, he gets on the dud list. And I think Connor McGovern gets on the dud list as well. Uh, I think he was the guy that had the most issues with timing uh, in the run game. And, you know, I think he had some moments in pass protection where he was a little shaky as well, gave up four pressures uh, on the game. So, um, looking for more out of the Bills' left guard. So, all in all, pass offense, Josh Allen kind of ruined that. I thought Ken Dorsey had a good plan for this game, he didn't run the offense. Rushing offense, I thought they were really close to some big-time explosive runs. They probably could have leaned into it a little bit more, especially given Zach Wilson's playing quarterback in a game you're up by 10 at halftime. Um, you're leading you know, well into the, th- the fourth quarter. Probably could have leaned into that even more, especially with the vulnerability of how your quarterback was playing. I thought the run defense was one awful play. Um, but otherwise pretty strong, and I think you need to work on how you're going to fit the run with those three safety looks and how you're going to make sure these guys that are very small stay covered up. I mean, you think about this, outside of the defensive linemen, the Bills don't have a back seven player that's over 230 pounds, so there's going to be some challenges there if you're going to be that light. I thought the pass defense was excellent, the pass rush was excellent, special teams was good outside of one awful play. So there you have it, the All-22 review, my observations from studying the tape on this football game. Next up, we're going to move on. We're going to do herd mentality. Thursday will be crossover. Thursday, uh, we're going to talk to Lockdown Raiders about the big storylines for that matchup. Of course, Friday will be the primer. Saturday will give you my final thoughts, injury update, and predictions. So plenty of discussion still to come here on Lockdown Bills. Don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.